Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning and a pleasant good Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. Great to have you with us. This is Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern. You can find us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We always ask, if you would, please subscribe to the program. You can also find us streaming on Facebook, Chatterbox Sports page there. Flip the notification switch on, if you would. If podcast is more your cup of tea, that's great. Please download us. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in. Final game of the Super Wild Card Weekend. Last night, Tom Brady and the Bucks against Dak and the Cowboys. At stake, a date with the San Francisco 49ers. For Tom Brady fans, and I'm one of them, I admit it, maybe we hoped he had one more run, one more big-time performance in a big-time game. It simply didn't happen during the regular season, nor did it happen last night. Brady and the Bucks fell behind big, had to throw it 66 times, and were hammered 31 to 14. Dak Prescott, meanwhile, was unbelievable. Threw for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. He ran for another score. As for Brady's future, he said after the game, he will be taking things one day at a time, plain and simple. He's a 45-year-old free agent who has not decided if he's playing football next year. So, the lineup of games, Casey, do we have these? Casey McAllister, we do. Here you go. NBC, that'll be Tariko and Collinsworth handling the Jags at the Chiefs. Is there anything better than saying just Jags instead of Jaguars? <laughs> Giants at the Eagles on Fox 8-15p Saturday night. The Bengalis and the Bills, we'll get to that in a minute. 3 o'clock on CBS Cowboys v. Niners. You think that game will do any ratings on Fox Sunday at 6.30? That's a dream scenario, right? What do you think gets more viewers? Which of the games? With everything going on. And by the way, good morning, Casey, Paul, Brandon. Good morning. Which game do you think gets a higher rating? Because, you know, normally the highest rated games by far on both networks, all the networks, more than Sunday night football, the highest rated games during the season 4.30 time slot Sunday afternoon, especially on Fox through the years. 3 o'clock game, Bengals v. Bills, everything going on there. The game that never was, DeMar Hamlin, Burrow, Allen. Or more eyeballs on the Niners v. Cowboys. What do you think, fellas? Uh, I'm going to say the Cowboys and the Niners. I think you just have to take a step back and look at this nationally and the brands that are playing in that game. I think the Cowboys for sure. I mean, they're one of the biggest brands in the entire world in sports. So I, I'm going to say the Cowboys and the Niners in that primetime slot there at, at 630. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Um, mainly because of how the Cowboys just won and how the 49ers just won. And they're the two biggest fan bases in the NFL. And they are just partying it up right now no doubt no doubt Cowboys really look good last night back to the Bengals uh, the players have the day off today they do every Tuesday and I would imagine there are still a lot of bumps and bruises and sore bodies following Sunday night's win over Baltimore Zach Taylor said yesterday that Jonah Williams has suffered a dislocated kneecap now that's an injury you may recall he suffered earlier this year and was able to play through it 
Alex Kappa, meanwhile, is week to week. After suffering that ankle injury in the regular season finale, both highly questionable for the game, given they were unable to walk without assistance on Sunday night. Next up, the Bills. That Sunday we mentioned at three, the Bengals are now a five-point underdog. The Houston Texans wrapped up a lengthy interview with former Saints head coach Sean Payton yesterday. Three other teams are showing interest in Payton, Denver, Carolina, and Arizona. Whichever team decides to hire him, if they do, will owe the Saints some kind of compensation because Payton is still under contract with them through the 2024 season. One coach who's not looking for a job after looking for a job is Jim Harbaugh. He interviewed with the Broncos, had a chat with the owner of the Carolina Panthers, and has decided he likes his current gig at the University of Michigan. Harbaugh has taken his alma mater to back-to-back college football playoff appearances. College hoop, Xavier Paul, all the way to number eight. Yeah, it's wild. It, it's just it's just wild thinking about where this program was about eight months ago and now where it is at number eight in the country, 15-3 and three overall, undefeated in the Big East, and, and they're the favorites to win the Big East right now. So uh, it's just... It's just been a wild ride, and now number eight, and very much deserving of it. Highest-ranked team in the Big East, and uh, this this top this top ten. You look at some of these teams. I know you're going to talk about it here in a second, but there's some really good teams up there at the top. There are, but there's been a lot of movement. There has been a lot of movement. I mean, uh, not only in the top ten, but the top twenty-five. When you when you stop and consider, neither North Carolina nor Duke is ranked in the top twenty-five. That's amazing. Or Kentucky. Or Kentucky. I saw where uh, North Carolina signed uh, the second best recruit in the 24 class and that they have four of the top 50 players coming in there in two years. Look out. Apparently, Hubert Davis can can recruit. Still not sure about coach. Uh, So the top five, you have Houston number one, followed by Kansas, Purdue, Alabama, and UCLA. Tonight on the hardwood, Dayton will host Davidson at UD Arena, Ohio University at Toledo, Northern Illinois at Miami. The big one, and you're picking an upset in this game, Paul. You and Trace, I'm stunned. Number two, Kansas. Is it number 11, Kansas State? Kansas State just lost to TCU. And Georgia is at Kentucky. So now you're up to speed. By the way, scroll up to the very top, Paul. I I have that note. We were talking about eyeballs on the NFL. Oh, yeah, here, let me add this. And, um, And I stumbled across something. This has been pretty much par for the course. But I certainly think it's worth bringing up. We have Brian Billick coming on here in about uh, 10 minutes to talk about everything that's going on with the playoffs. Lamar Jackson, should he have been at the game? We'll talk about all this kind of thing. We'll talk about the Bengals and the Bills and that matchup. But, um, yeah, I got it right here. You know, the bottom line is the note came out the other day. Now, think about this for a second, okay? And you wonder why. These television networks spend billions of dollars, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars for the NFL or for football, period. 94 of 100 most watched television shows in 2022, 94 out of 100 were either college or pro football games 82 of the hundred were the nfl 
That is staggering. When you think about all the TV shows, we know all those award shows are going in the tank, Golden Globes and Emmys and Grammys and all that stuff. They're all straight in the tank. But, you know, 60 Minutes, obviously, has been the longest-running, most-watched television show forever. But you think about all the other TV shows, Christmas stuff or whatever it might be, just to crack the top 100. 94 of the 100 are football games. Are you guys not blown away by that, or you think, oh, I'm not surprised? I, as wild as it is to say, I'm not surprised. I think what I'm more surprised by is that the NBA and Major League Baseball did not have one. Not one. Wow. Not one. Not one. There were uh, more college basketball games on the top 100 than there were NBA or MLB games. That's, I mean, that's, it's crazy. The NFL is king. It just is. I don't know. Well, football's king. Yeah, the NFL yeah, for sure king. is king. But, I mean, football was king. To think that Major League Baseball nor the NBA, obviously not hockey either, of the three other professional sports that are out there, not one game, not the World Series, not the NBA Finals, certainly not the Stanley Cup Finals, not one game cracked the, 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 the top 100. It's incredible, incredible. Uh, also coming up today on the program, we have Paul Doherty. That'll be at 11 o'clock. The best 30 minutes in television twice a week that you can get. Can't believe it's not in the top 100. It should be. The Tracer. Tracy Jones will be joining us. Um, but I'm really interested to talk to Brian Billick here coming up shortly about everything going on around the NFL, the, the, the Sean Payton thing. Sean Payton must really like coaching. He is a really interesting guy. He was one of those guys that when you do the production meeting, and I think I've talked about this before, I mean, this guy walks in the room, and, and unlike anybody else, that I was ever around in 25 years broadcasting in the NFL. He walks in, he's got the two deep, right? Right in front of him, offense, defense on his team. You don't even ask him a question. Walks in the door and he says, all right, boys, here's what we got. And he starts going down every single position. And he'll tell you a little bit about each situation that might be going on. Don't even have to ask him about it. And then he'll go through the entire thing without a um or you know or a like or any of that kind of stuff. And he is just one savvy dude. Very good football coach. Won a Super Bowl in New Orleans. It will be very interesting to see what, uh, what team is going to hire him. If you were a betting man of the top candidates, at least right now, teams. Carolina, you don't have a quarterback. They're talking about possibly drafting C.J. Stroud, moving up to get him number five. You have Denver, where you're locked in with Russell Wilson for the long haul. You have Arizona, and you have Kyler Murray, and then you have the Texans that don't have anybody. Which of those four jobs, if you were Sean Payton, would you have the most interest in? I'm going to ask Brian Billick the same thing in about five minutes. Probably Houston, because you could control whatever you wanted to do down there if you wanted to get your own quarterback. You could, you could create your own team. Whereas, well, you, you could do that in Carolina, too, with a quarterback. Yeah. I, I think if I'm him, now does he want the challenge of starting fresh, or would he want to go to Denver and try to fix Russell Wilson? What about Kyler Murray? 
of all those quarterbacks I just mentioned, he's the best one of the group. Although he did have ACL, and they're saying he's not going to be back for the start of training camp. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, would, I would say if I'm him and you want to rebuild, I'd go to Houston. Um, I also personally just like Houston. So <laughs> if you're deciding between Houston and Carolina, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather go to Houston. But um, – yeah, I don't know. What, what's the money situation, Casey? Is there any? Uh, Houston's got $40 million, and then the next closest is $20 million after that. So you're not looking at a whole lot of money on the other teams that we just mentioned. Okay. And Peyton said that uh, basically he has come to an agreement with the Saints as to what that compensation would be. They were talking either a late first-round draft pick, a second-round draft pick, something to that extent. The one wild card out there would be the L.A. Chargers. Are they going to stay with Brandon Staley after blowing a 27-0 lead in the opening round of the playoffs at Jacksonville and all that preceded that loss, which was playing all his starters. We talked about it yesterday uh, in the week before. Mike Williams gets hurt. He's unavailable for the playoff game and a game that really didn't mean anything at all. He had a couple of other guys that got nicked up and were limited in the playoff game. They say that Staley is staying there. We welcome in the former Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, Brian Billick. Uh, Brian, the whole uh, Sean Payton thing, it's getting a lot of pub. He wrapped up the interview with Houston. Uh, I asked these guys a second ago. I asked you. Let's just take the Chargers off the board for a minute. We'll get to that in a second. But if you were being courted, uh, as he is, we know for sure, by Denver, Carolina, Houston, possibly Arizona. Which of those jobs would you find most appealing? Well, you can look at a lot of criteria, cap room, draft choices going forward. But I, I think most coaches at the end of the day go, who's got the best quarterback? And I don't want to have to go get one because as we've talked about many times, that's a 50-50 proposition. Even if it's a team that has the draft choice, and you like the current draft class of quarterbacks. So in that regard, you start, I still think you start with Russell Wilson because uh, I still think he can be a dominant quarterback. Um, and then what do you think of Kyle, uh, Kyle Murray? That's, that's what Sean has to look at um, because he, he knows. I mean, he, he left New Orleans for, at a very good time. You know, when Drew Brees goes, I think I'll go too, Okay. Because you don't want to lose your guru card with regards to quarterbacks if you don't perform when you lose your guy. Uh, so to go to a Houston or a Carolina that has big questions about the quarterback position, I would think those other two jobs, if indeed he he sizes it up the same way with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray uh, as as being viable the best viable quarterbacks. Um, you think Staley survives there in, in L.A.? You know, I'm a coach, and I'm always advocating for, you know, don't panic. Don't fire your coach. Um, that was dramatic. Um, has there been the improvement? He's got a top-flight quarterback. That's that's part of the bugaboo. I mean, if you haven't had a guy, then you can look at it and say, just via just the conversation we just had, okay, until we get that right, it's hard to hold the, the, the head coach accountable. But he has a guy, and he has a top guy. And so I can see where – the interest in, in, a, in a division that is very, very competitive uh, and very, very good. So um, 
or at least should be good. We thought it was one of the best divisions going in. Turned out not to be that way. But you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about uh, uh, Russell Wilson. We'll see what happens in in, in uh, uh, Las Vegas. Um, but I, I would understand if they did make the move because that's just the business of the National Football League. But uh, as a coach, it's like, boy, boy, I, you know, because they made the playoffs and, and, and they overcame some things. I, I'd like to see it maybe uh, go a little bit longer. We've talked about Lamar Jackson uh, almost to the point of getting nauseous, but, but it is a huge story. And, uh, you know, I had Tim McGee, former Bengals great receiver yesterday. He does a lot of radio work here in town. Uh, his thoughts about Lamar Jackson not even getting on the plane and coming to Cincinnati, if for no other reason to show some kind of leadership or at least root for his team, et cetera, et cetera. Did you think that was a bad mistake by Jackson? And if you do, what kind of repercussions, if any, does that have for his future in Baltimore? Yeah, and I've got to, I've got to put a qualifier in here because people naturally assume that I, you know, I know what's going on in Baltimore because right. of my relationship. Okay, so the observations I'm making are strictly from the outside looking in like everybody else. This has blown up into, I, I didn't think it would get to this point. I, I thought it was the total support for Lamar. Uh, they worked their way through it. Uh, yeah, it was going to be uncomfortable until they got to the end of the year. Now you have to ch- decide, do you franchise him uh, or, or do you give him the big contract? The fact that he's gotten hurt and the way he's handled it, which, again, from a business standpoint, I can imagine his people are advising him, no, you don't want to go back on the field unless you're 100%, uh, particularly with your style of game. That won't, don't, that won't bode well for the negotiations. Uh, I actually think this has soured a little bit. I think there's some damage control to be done here. And uh, there are those that are saying he may be franchise tagged and traded. Um, I, I, and, uh, two weeks ago, I would have said, no, that's ridiculous. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, I'm not so sure, you know, now Baltimore's got a, and, and believe me, I've lived it. They've been there. They, you know, they know what it's like to not have the quarterback. So to have to go get one when you think you've got a good one, but at what price are you paying it? And, and to answer the question directly, no, I don't think Lamar Jackson has handled this well. Some say that, that, that John Harbaugh, Brian, and I don't want to put you in a, in a, in a, in a tough spot here, so if it is, then, then please, by all means, just say so and we'll move on. You know, I, I read a lengthy article today in The Athletic uh, where there were former coaches, uh, NFL executives, unnamed, of course, uh, on the condition of anonymity, that felt like Harbaugh – could have handled the whole situation a little bit differently in terms of what he answered, maybe more importantly, what uh, he would not answer and sort of just left out there for the public. That can't be an easy situation for the coach. No, now, particular whether it's what Lamar is tweeting and people, what they interpret and read between the lines, what a coach says, it's hard to walk that middle line. To say, look, this is not something I should be really commenting on, but I have to. I want to show support for the player, but by the same token, I've got to speak for the organization. That is a fine line. So to read between the lines and say the tone or the verbiage, or you know, I've been caught in that situation a million times, and I'm not. I'm. It's. I'm. You know, you look up "put foot in mouth" in the dictionary, and there's a picture of me. Um, it, it doesn't. You know, I think we're parsing words here, and I'm not sure there's an absolute right way to answer 
whatever it is he was asked when it comes to Lamar and the volatility of the situation. All right, you got the playoffs now this weekend. Uh, the opening round came to an end last night. Um, just based on watching, just watching the games, and I know that's what you do. You also watch a lot of film work. Does Tom Brady come back and play next year? Do you think he should come back and play next year? Do you think he has something left in the tank? Yeah, I do. Uh, in, I'm, I, I've long ago said I'm not going to be the one to say Tom Brady's done because, you, you know, you, you go down a slippery slope with that. I don't see anything in the mechanics or what he's doing to indicate that he can't play anymore. But with what team does he want to go through an offseason? Does he want to change team? Uh, that that really becomes the question. Can he physically still play? Astoundingly, yes, I think he can. Now, obviously, you got to be surrounded by a good team. And I don't, Tom Brady or, or otherwise, you don't want to be throwing the ball sixty six times. Yeah, that that does not bode well. So particularly if you're you're you know seventy two years old like Brady is. So you know that's just not a good situation. So, uh, but I think he is like a lot of players. When when players do reach out to me and say, "Well, coach, should I keep playing or not?" And I have that occasionally. Well. Players will say, and you know, I've I've varied on the opinions sometimes. You know, some of it's, hey, get out before it starts to go down. Others is, hey, make them force you out if you're loving it. If you're still loving it, keep playing. But ultimately, it comes down to the question: Do I really want to go through what I know what I have to do in the off season training camp? We've already seen a training camp all but unique situations where, you know, you're really going to do a full training camp, and then on during the season, do you really want to go through that grind? That's really the question for him, not, a, not a, well, do I think I can still play? All right, the matchups, the one most importantly for our viewers, is Cincinnati v. Buffalo. There's going to be uh, unbelievable coverage of that game. CBS sending its number one team over there yet again. You have the game that wasn't uh, in the DeMar Hamlin, cardiac arrest on the field in Cincinnati. Now they will be playing in Buffalo. Uh, Bengals are beat up on that offensive line, man. I mean, all of a sudden, they went the first 15 games of the year with the same five starters, and now they potentially could be down to just two. How do you see this game shaping up, Brian? Because Buffalo, you know, look, Buffalo didn't look so great the other day, too. Allen got sacked seven times. He threw two picks. He fumbled for a touchdown for Miami. How do you see this one? It, all the things you just laid out, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating emotional dynamic of these two teams, emotionally how they come into the game, because of what they shared before, and a lot has been talked about it, and it has been a bonding experience for them, whether it's the coaches, the players, but now it's, okay, now we got to go play. Uh, not that they're not going to play hard and have that passion for it, but it, it might look a little bit different. Um, but I agree with you 100%. Cincinnati, I think it's going to be a great game, but the offensive line really concerns me. We've seen it all along. When you project Joe Burrow, they're almost unstoppable. But if you don't, it can turn ugly. And with those offensive line injuries, that's got to be against a very good Bills defense. And, yeah, the Bills could have looked better against uh, the Dolphins. I think they ran into a little bit of a uh, kind of like the Bengals did two weeks ago against the Ravens. Jumped up. Okay, we got this thing. We're good. And that's a dangerous place to be because all of a sudden emotionally it gets away a little bit. The momentum changes. you got to gear yourself back up. So, but I think Buffalo's still, you know, at home and given the offensive concerns, uh, offensive line concerns of Cincinnati, um, I think this is going to be a, a, a tough sled for the Bengals. Um, first year quarterbacks 
not necessarily first year in the league, but first time in the playoffs. I mean, you, you look at, at, at Purdy. I mean, can, can there be any question, Brian? And look, you and I were talking about this back in August when the 49ers made the decision to start Trey Lance at quarterback, number one pick, didn't play his first year, Garoppolo did. Lance gets hurt, Garoppolo comes in, gets hurt. Here comes Purdy. They're 6-0 and with Purdy, and they're averaging 35 points per game. Um, it's astounding what this young man is doing. I know he's got a lot of help around him, and you can get into the system and all that kind of thing. But, but I mean, have you ever seen anything like it, the way this guy's playing right now? He's 6-0. and No, you, he, he looks good. And, and, when I don't, and I don't mean just the team, because they do. Oh, they got the surrounding and the good formula. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to play good defense, and he's going to protect it. This kid looks mature beyond his years. This looks – let's remember Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl when he had to come in. And, and Tom Brady never looked anything like this that first year where he had to play and they ended up going to the Super Bowl. They truly, you know, he was a 25 throw, you know, let's get this through. Magnificent, obviously, and, and was the forebearer of obviously a, a Hall of Fame career. But, and let's don't slam Purdy in the Hall of Fame just yet, but he looks mature, poised, physically executes, uh, makes plays with his legs outside the design of the offense. Uh, this kid looks spectacular, uh, and you can't help but be. And and the Niners are in great shape. They've got great trade capital, capital uh, whether it comes to Lance, whatever Garoppolo's situation is, um, uh, because clearly Purdy has proven he can be the guy. And, and and not that they've lucked into it. They did take him all but the last pick of the draft. Uh, and, and the boy, they've got a gem there. And the great thing is he going, he's not going to cost you much for the next three or four years. How great right. is that? I mean, yep. if you – Typically, you have a quarterback, and it's time to pay him, or eventually Lance would have to have been on that. They just bought an extra year of, of cap relief. So uh, life's good for them. Life's good for Brock Purdy. He, he absolutely looks like the real deal. And at home against the Cowboys, yeah, I think he'll stay. There, there's there's benchmarks There's for players that have to transition. They go from preseason to think, okay, yeah, I got it, and all of a sudden they get into the real regular season. It's like, wow, I can't believe this step up. Then, then you think you've got it, and then you get in the playoffs. It's, wow, I can't believe this step up. Well, he's already had that. He's, so he's played that first playoff game uh, with, with uh, uh, Seattle. So he's, he's passed those benchmarks. So, yeah, this kid is the real deal. You know, the other one, and, and you know, I'm always uh, interested in seeing the guys in all the years you and I were together. We've talked about this, uh, whether it's just life in general or, in this case, football. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I thought uh, – I mean, you talk about a performance, man. I mean, he could not have been any worse, Brian, than he was in the first quarter of his first playoff game. And then there were two minutes left in the first half. I mean, everything around him is falling apart. He takes him straight down the field, touchdown, to at least get on the board. And then in the second half, he was fantastic. What were your thoughts of Trevor Lawrence? Well, he has the pedigree. You know, it's, it was a matter of just waiting and seeing when it would kick in. We've talked about it before. The legendary Bill Walsh always felt like it was about the, the 25th, 26th start that you knew whether you had a guy or not. Uh, it that could happen before that, but if it's not happening by then, it's probably not happening. And we saw that growth in Trevor Lawrence, that huge growth. Uh, but to come back in the playoff situation, exactly what you alluded to, with the four picks early, and then to come back and do what he did, 
Uh, but this, but he's got the pedigree. He's the number one pick overall. He's been in the big stage before. He seems to have a calm about him. You know, he seems to be a guy that doesn't isn't going to let the whole thing overwhelm him. And we certainly saw it in that game. So yeah, I think he, I think he crossed a major bridge in coming back far more so than if he had just come out and played well and they'd have beaten the Chargers. The yeah. fact that he had to overcome the adversity, I think, was a major stepping stone for him. Do the Jaguars – look, everybody has a chance. Do they have a fighting chance in Kansas City? You know, it's, we've, we've ta- every time we talk about someone playing the, the Chiefs, it's the same thing. Here's what you – yeah, there's, there's a book on being the Chiefs. Yeah, you can do it. You can't turn the ball over. you got to get turnovers. you got to find an extra possession with special teams or field position. you got to score touchdowns in the red zone, not field goals. And you got to limit them – a possession or two in the red zone to field goals, not touchdowns. Okay. The problem is you got to do all five. You can't just do three of the five. You got to do them all or you're not going to beat the Kansas city Chiefs. So are they capable of that? Sure. We've seen that. Uh, but, but Jacksonville, it's, it's going to be tough for them on the road. Patrick Mahomes, And we all know the Andy Reed after a buy and all the numbers and you know, them ability. It's, it, this is a big hill to climb. They're capable of it, but, but, to do all, have to do all of those on the road in your, your first really major debut in the playoffs in that regard might be tough. All right. Um, Brian, we always thank you so much for your time and your insight. Have a great rest of your day. It's going to be a fun weekend in the NFL. Sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Brian Billick, kind enough to join a Super Bowl winning head coach from the Baltimore Ravens. And he has been through that whole thing. He alluded to, um, you know, we're talking about Sean Payton. And when you don't have a quarterback and Brian had to go through that, uh, you know, they were rolling when a Super Bowl with Dilfer, they bring in McNair, who was one of the best quarterbacks in the league opening game here in Cincinnati. He uh, tears his ACL. He was never the same. They go with Kyle Bowler um, and Bowler never turned out to be the quarterback that they thought he would be. And it ultimately led to Brian Billick getting fired as head coach with three years remaining on his contract. Video the other day, I don't know, it was TikTok, Twitter, or something. There was a there was a highlight video. Casey and I were sitting here in the office, and it was a highlight video from a Ravens game a long, long time ago. There was some sort of controversy. We get about thirty seconds into it, everybody's arguing. There's some pushing, there's shoving, and then boom, there's Brian Billick right on the screen. I'm going, that's our guy, Casey. That's our guy, Brian Billick. Yeah, it was a Browns field goal for them to win the game, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, long time ago. Well, he used to get into it with officials. I can tell you that right now. Because every time we would go in to meet with the officials in the television truck uh, before the games all the years that we worked together, and that's pretty much standard operating procedure. The, the officials will come into the TV truck, just make sure everybody's on the same page about timeouts and blah, 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 even though you do the same thing every single week. But you have a chance to meet these guys and be around these guys, and they're just regular guys. They have regular jobs. Uh, unlike, say, Major League Baseball the fi- uh, uh, umpires that are paid year-round, they're hired year-round, they don't have other jobs outside of being uh, a Major League Baseball umpire. These other guys are lawyers or accountants or whatever it is they are. And, um, and, and, and inevitably, every single time they'd walk in the truck, uh, there would be a conversation about Billick getting on their tail about something or another through the years because he would let them have it. Um, uh, so, uh, did I see up there on the screen? We're going to take a quick break. 
Did I see up there on the screen an updated now postseason Casey McAllister stink list? You did see a postseason updated stink list. Okay, well, let's sit on that. You guys take things away here for a minute. Don't forget, coming up at 11, Paul Doherty, 11.30, Tracy Jones. Tomorrow, big day tomorrow. We have our big interview, and it's a big one. We have former Bengals great, should be, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How he's not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is just simply mind-boggling. We will be joined by Kenny Anderson. How about that, boys? Kenny Anderson. I love that. Pride of Batavia, Illinois. Leader of men. He is a leader of men. Boys, we'll be back. Go ahead. It's that time of the show, the ham and eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. And, oh. Oh, look at that today. Look at that. Look at us. Uh, all right. Well, we have, uh, I, I'll go back here through and do our, do our usual pub here for a second. But we have, uh, make sure you like the video, everybody. Subscribe. The other thing, too, is uh, we, look at that. Was that you? Did you make that? It's a nice little No, I, nice think, little I think Seho made that. Oh, thanks, Seho. Uh, we got to a thousand followers on TikTok. We did. Thank you guys. We so we accomplished our goal. We gave away the tickets. We accomplished our goal. We got to a thousand followers on TikTok. So, uh, we are going to start streaming this show on TikTok. I don't know when, I don't know if we're going to start that tomorrow, if we're going to start that down the road, what that's going to look like, but we are going to start putting this show on TikTok in some form or fashion. Uh, we're clipping stuff. You guys are clipping stuff and, and putting everything else out on TikTok. Uh, anything else people need to know? It's our usual pub of the show. Um, check out our Instagram. That's the next one that we need to, to, to break a record or break a, a goal. A thousand on Instagram. I'm sure we'll do some sort of thing for that as well. But we're, we're on all the platforms. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. Are we doing Reddit still? We there is a Reddit. There is a Reddit, but I think Discord is kind of what the Reddit. I think Discord is kind of what we were hoping the Reddit would be, um, and the Discord has taken off enough that I, I think that that's where we're we're comfortable with right now. But there is a Chatterbox um, Reddit thread if you want to go and post anything on there or have any discussions in there. I know I've posted some things in there that have then gone onto the main Cincinnati page, stuff like that. Um, starting to see some people talk about going up to Buffalo. Uh, Brandon's going up to Buffalo. He's got a ticket for the game in uh, in Buffalo next week. Ticket prices are crazy. I'll be honest. I took a look. Like 300 bucks to sit all the way at the very top, and I said no. It's a lot. Because you got to get there, too. Are, are you sitting up top, Brandon? Nope. Yo, he's sitting at the 50-yard line, first row. No. Nice. No? Twenty yard line. All right. Okay. So he's got great seats. Brandon's in a club box. Brandon's in a club box at the Bills game on Sunday. Brandon's going to the He's sitting in a club. Buffalo he game? got a free ticket and he's sitting in a club. He is going to the game though. He's not sitting in a club, but he is Driving going to the up game. When you're leaving. Oh, Everett, wow. Everett wants to know, Paul, how was the RAV4? I test drove it for a while. They added on a ton of stuff at the end. They added on like three grand at the end uh, of different things. Like, I don't I don't know if I can afford it. It started to get a little out of my price range. I did test drive a Jeep Compass. I uh, sat in a Jeep Compass. I didn't test drive it yet. I'm going to try and test drive it 
today or tomorrow. Uh, I'm looking in that mid – Tom, I don't know. I'm looking for a car. I don't know if you knew that. I wish you would uh, have asked. I, I know you were looking for a car. You told me that it was going to cost what, ten yet. grand or something to, to fix your car. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, if you need some help on that, just ask me about it. Well, I'm I'm still looking. I've made no progress, basically. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about it after the show today. Okay. Okay. We'll talk about it. We have uh, tons of people watching today. Many in the um, the chat. Uh, where was that? Uh, MJF just said Kenny Anderson moved back to the Natty. Indeed, he did. He's been living for many years uh, down in Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina. And um, <laughs> AJ, what's wrong with you? I mean, seriously, what, what is wrong with you? Um, all right, we're all good. Some of these guys got some problems, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I love, I love the I chat. I mean, they got some serious problems. You know, I saw something, uh, and Casey and I were talking about it this morning. I got to pull it up here. Uh, th- this was mind-boggling to me, and I want to make sure I give the right credit to where the credit's due at the end here. It was off the athletic website. Um, yeah, these are some crazy stats. Th- I mean, th- this, as many of you know, I don't get wrapped up in stats. I really don't at all. All I care about is, did you win the game or lose the game? I don't care if you're a quarterback and you threw four interceptions, but you took your team down the field with two minutes to go and you won the game. To me, it's all that matters. Quarterback rating, all that junk, could care less about any of it. Um, This, though, is a mind-boggling stat, okay? Quarterback Josh Allen in Buffalo's win over Miami in the playoffs two days ago. He averaged... Now, we're going to try to keep this very simple because sometimes the numbers can be overwhelming. He threw the ball 39 times in the game, okay? So let's just call it 40. He threw the ball 40 times in the game. He averaged 15.6 yards per attempt. That means the ball traveled that far beyond the line of scrimmage to its target on average, 15.6. You're thinking, big deal. Well, you go back to 2007. There have been 2,372 NFL games played by quarterbacks. 2,372 games. The 15.6 ranks by far first. The average in those games, a ball traveled in the air. Allen, again, was at 15-6. The average in nearly 2,400 other games was 8.2. Almost doubled. 15.6, 8.2. Now, that is a team slinging the ball around. And it ain't some slant and dump off to the running backs and running screens. That is mind-boggling. It's a bunch of fades, streaks, and go-routes. Skinny posts. That's all they're doing. I Better mean, be ready, I, Jesse Bates. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I just cannot believe it. 15.6 traveled in the air on almost 40 pass attempts. And then what did you say? The Bengals? What, how? The Bengals averaged... yards per play. Their longest pass play of the game 
was a catch-and-run 19-yard completion in the game against Baltimore. Now, at the end of the day, does that mean anything for this upcoming game? Nope, except for the fact that you can surmise that Buffalo with Stephon Diggs and he's got, they are going to chuck it. They're going to chuck it. And they're going to find out what your guys are all about. And we all know, fellas, that um, this is an extremely young secondary outside of the safeties. Mike Hilton's been around, but he's more the slot guy. But Eli Apple, Cam Taylor Britt, I don't know how much, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The, the rookie from Michigan. Dax, Dax Hill. Hill. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he's got to play. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I only bring that up because, you know, he's young. And, and, and Cam Taylor Britt is a rookie. He's a Michigan guy. Tom, you don't want him playing. Well, he committed, what, three penalties? Back-to-back. In, 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 like, back-to-back plays? Yeah. Ran out of bounds? That's a Michigan man. Run out of bounds. It's against the rules. <laughs> not a leader of men. Or well, he might man. be. He still has a chance. I'm not throwing in the towel on that dude. <laughs> I'm not throwing in the towel on He's a Michigan guy, but I want to see him do well here. Uh, but but there's going to be, there, there, there is going to be an emphasis for sure among many, many other things. I mean, you've got to contend with Allen if he has to try and escape the pocket and running the ball. We know how well he runs it. He's the only quarterback in the history of the NFL. This is another note that I saw. He's the only quarterback in the history of the NFL with a minimum of like four or five playoff games that has averaged 250 or more yards passing. He's averaged 287 while running for 60 or more yards in those games as a rusher. That's pretty impressive. That's impressive. But you're down on him, Casey. I mean, you're down on Josh Allen. I'm down on the way he turns it over. My question right. to you, sloppy for me. My question to you, Casey, is would you be down on Josh Allen and the Bills if they were in the NFC? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I just – the way Josh Allen plays it is conducive to – one, getting hurt, and two, turning the ball over. He's a big dude. Yeah, I mean. It takes a lot for him to get hurt. Big dude. I mean, I I get that. I he mean, is he, a big he dude. He is a big dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know how many guys are interested in tackling him. When he gets into the open field and you're a DB and you weigh about 180, that is a big dude. Yeah, it's going to be a great game this weekend, man. I mean, I, I wish we could, you know. You enjoy every day and thank God for it and every second you have. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Hamilton, Ohio. Temperatures in the mid-50s today. You know what I was thinking about? Studio's even warm today, Paul. I know. I wore my hoodie today, and I'm, I'm thinking about just taking it off for the long sleeve underneath. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this game, um, this, this Bills and Bengals game, and obviously the first game didn't get played because of DeMar Hamlin, and I was thinking back to the 2020-2021 college basketball season. It's a very niche analogy, but something I was thinking about. There was a game that was supposed to be played in early December between Gonzaga and Baylor of that season, and that was when Gonzaga was undefeated. Yep. And, they, and they would have been undefeated if they would have won the national title that season. And Baylor was incredible that year. And I remember that game was, I think, supposed to be played in Indianapolis, and about an hour before the game, somebody tested positive for COVID, and they couldn't play the game. And everybody was so disappointed because everybody was talking about, well, it's the game of the year. It's the game of the year. It's the game of the year. And they missed out on it in the regular season. 
But I remember I tweeted right after that. I said, well, maybe we'll see this game in March or April. Mm. And then it ended up being the national championship, yep. and it was an incredible national championship game. Baylor won and ended Gonzaga's undefeated season. We didn't get the game in the regular season, and it delivered in a big way in the national championship. I was thinking back, trying to figure out what, what this game might mean here in the postseason. We didn't get to see it in the regular season, and now maybe – Maybe it sets up the same way. You didn't get to see it a few weeks ago, and now this one in the divisional round, maybe that'll be you know, everything that we've been hoping it would be between these two teams. It's going to be a great game, man. I just wonder, and we talked about the players being off today, but make no mistake, uh, in the old days, and not many of them <laughs> subscribe to this diet much anymore, but, I mean, there is coffee flowing uh, 24-7 um, for the coaches. I mean, you can't believe the way these guys work. I know they're paid a lot of money, but these guys, you know, some of them are even sleeping at the facility. Uh, and that's every team that, that's headed for the playoffs right now. Uh, but if you're the Bengals and you're trying to figure out what are we going to do with this offensive line, what would you do? I mean, would you start Carmen Jackson at left tackle if Jonah Williams can't go? And I give Jonah Williams all the credit in the world. We did a number of weeks ago. He's not had a great year. But in fairness to him, he's allowed 12 sacks, whatever it is. In fairness to him, the guy dislocated his kneecap early in the year, and he was back the next week, starting. He's played the whole year, has a big brace. A lot of the linemen wear him, even if they're not injured. But the guy's a gamer. I mean, he, he's giving you everything he's got. Everything he's got. That's why I don't sit here and pound the guy. I mean, if he was perfectly healthy all year and playing the way he's played, I'd have hammered him. But he, he's gutted through it. I don't know if he can do it again. We talked about both Williams on Sunday night. Don't know about yesterday. Uh, we talked about Kappa on Sunday night. Both needing assistance just to walk. So if you subscribe to the theory that neither one of them is a go for Sunday afternoon, can you imagine sitting around trying to think about what are we going to do? There was talk about Isaiah Prince, former Ohio State Buckeye tackle, um, moving him into the starting right tackle spot, and they decided to, to stay with Adenogy. Do you start Carmen Jackson or Jackson Carmen out at left tackle? Uh, do you start him out there? Take your chances. Keep everybody else who started last week the same. Continuity, albeit short, continuity with the other four, certainly the two that have stayed healthy in Karras um, and the rookie Bulmer. Hey, so, or do you move Adenogy over to left tackle? And he was a left tackle in college. Played more guard in the pros than he has tackle. Do you move him to left tackle? and bring Prince up and play him a right tackle. Casey, thoughts? Um, I think, I mean, they have to elevate Prince anyways because they need depth. So, my guess is that, and my, what I think the Bengals are going to do, they're going to probably start Jackson Carmen. Unfortunately. Um, and I don't think they really have a good option 
on the roster. I think they, they would be better going out and finding someone that has the talent, but that's not the Bengals' MO. They believe that they got the guys on their team to to get where they need to go. Um, so we're probably going to see Jackson Carmen. We're going to see Isaiah Prince probably elevated to the swing, backup tackle. Um, Adinaji still staying over at the right side, and Sharping still playing at right guard. So I think that's what's going to happen. What do you think? It's Jackson Carmen, baby. It's Jackson Carmen game, as Reed Mouse was saying. It's going to have to be, right? I mean, I guess you could switch everybody around, but it's either Prince or Carmen, and both of them are equally bad in their own ways. So who's the lesser of the two evils? Well, to me, to me, uh, I saw what Prince did in the Super Bowl, and I just saw what Carmen did in the divisional game, and I would say that the pass blocking is about equal, but Jackson Carmen has more upside. All right. Well, there you have it. You know, Zachary chimes in, says Jackson Carmen did not play terribly. Okay, that's fair. You know, when he first came in, they, they ISO'd him as they should have on uh, telling a story of a playoff game on NBC. Made a couple nice blocks in the run game. Uh, held up on a couple of passes early uh, when he first came in. But I don't think there's any doubt about it, even though Von Miller's not there anymore. Uh, Buffalo has a good, not great, pass rush. But, you know, clearly it's one of those where somebody, whether that's Samaj P. Ryan, whether that's Wilcox as an extra tight end, whether that's Mixon, and we've seen him have his issues in pass blocking this year, the Bengals' offense is going to have to change from what they want it to be. But that's a situation that you were in. Now, in fairness, um, uh, Carmen was a tackle in college. He was the blindside protection for Trevor Lawrence at yep. Clemson. Yep. That's what he was. And if I'm not mistaken, one of his seasons as a starter, Trevor Lawrence and his Clemson Tigers won a national championship. And Trevor Lawrence was pretty good at Clemson. Trevor Lawrence has also never lost on a Saturday. And what day of the week are the Chiefs and the Jaguars playing this week? It's a Saturday. Oh, my God. I mean, where do degenerates, common degenerates, get this kind of information? Where, who would come up with the I, Who would come up with that? High yeah. school, college, and the NFL. He's never lost on a Saturday. And those degenerates. Look, are... I'm just saying the facts are the facts, Tom. It's not fake news. It's real news. No losses on a Saturday. I know. So it's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it. I mean, <laughs> it, it really is. is pretty amazing. Didn't it? Wasn't he the guy until they got beat by? Uh, I don't know if it was Ohio State in the in, in the college football playoff semis. There was a point in time where Lawrence had never lost a game through high school and college. At some point, yeah. Wasn't he the guy? Yeah, and then that fact switched to Saturday. Yeah, of course. They had to adapt. Yeah. Adapt or die. That's right. And it adapted. So it's still Saturday, yeah. Sir Boy Wonder uh, tells us the Chiefs and Bills have already started advertising for the neutral site AFC championship game with their season ticket holders. Well, yeah, you That's have a business to. side that, of football. Yeah, you, you have to. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do it. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, the Bengals have probably already started advertising for AFC championship tickets. I mean, 
it's the same deal. Yep. And uh, the only way that would happen, of course, is if uh, the Jaguars upset the Kansas City Chiefs and the Bengals beat the Bills. All right, we got we got we got to blow through some uh, picks here. We do. Yes. Are you ready to go? Yes, Before let's we get go. Paul Doherty eleven. Okay, so we this have. This was not a good weekend for those chasing. So this, <laughs> this was the record coming into the weekend. Start right. off with the Seahawks and the Niners. You had the Niners and you switched. I did. I, it was a mistake. Bad mistake. So there's one loss, chasing the leaders. All Congratulations, right. men. Jags and Chargers, we all got this one right. Easy. Never a doubt in this one. Oh, yeah. Never a doubt. Yeah. This is brought to you by Betfred, by the way. Brought to you by Betfred Sportsbook. All of these lines, everything you see at the bottom of your screen, everything brought to you by Betfred Sportsbook. Third game that we picked. We picked six games. Paul. Uh, the big spreads. It's been paying me this year. Paul. Skylar Thompson. Believer. And those dressed in teal nearly pulled the upset. Well, you're widening your margin, Paul. Well. Is that about to change? Giants and Vikings. Oh, boy. Now, now how, do you, how did you pick against your guy? Daniel Jones. I know. I know. I got caught up in groupthink is what happened. Yeah, well, that can happen. I know. I got caught up in groupthink. That can happen. Now, here's where you pick up a game. Ravens and the Bengals. For the first time all year, Tom picked against the Bengals. And it hit. Well, You picked your spot, Tom, because this was the first time the Bengals hadn't covered in eight weeks. And uh, they didn't cover, depending on where you got the line, because it opened at six and a half. So if you, if you got it at six and a half, you were a winner. If you got it early. I did. I and wish I would have just stayed consistent. And, and that is, as I've talked about on the show, we've talked about on the show, one thing I have preached over and over and over and over again. Divisional games tend to be tight. Not during the regular season only, but if they happen to meet in the postseason. And the only game that was not true was Seattle. If I'd have stayed with Seattle, Miami, Baltimore, you went two out of three. Yeah. Yep. I did not do it. It's the way it's gone all year long. All right. Last one. Oh, boy. This was a terrible mistake. And I said it yesterday. Well, you were trying to pick up a game here. Well, and I it, know. But, I mean, I, that was more we talked about the heart versus head kind of decision there. Yeah. My heart was in it for Brady. Tampa Bay went into the playoffs with an 8-9 and nine record. Tell you what. Um, when... Prescott doesn't make mistakes. That is a very impressive team. Dak. Yeah. They look good. They look and real good. And the question is, what, how, healthy, how healthy is Jalen Hurts this week? True. He had a week off. He was clearly hurting in the season finale when he came back and played. They needed to win that game, you may remember. Philadelphia did to nail down the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, but he, he was in a lot of pain. He'll have two weeks off. And then they tee it up with the Giants in what you know is going to be a bruising game. Again, divisional game. So here's where we are. Okay. Tom, if we are only doing the NFL the rest of the way, then last night knocked you out. Eliminated. Eliminated. D-U-N done. D-U-N done. So, my uh, only hope now is to catch Casey. Now you can catch Casey. Casey is still alive. 
uh, because there are seven NFL games remaining. There's right. the four this weekend, the two championship games, and then uh, and then the Super Bowl. So there are seven remaining. So Casey needs to go seven and zero the rest of the way, and hope that I go zero and seven. So, so you and you, I are have- you going to be one of those guys that whatever game Casey picks, whatever team, because he tends to choose before you when we do these games. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing. Are you going to be one of those guys who you know? Like baseball, they're a batting title leader and they sit down the final game of the year so they don't blow it. So are you going to pick every game he picks, which means you can't get eliminated? Or are you still going to go with what you believe in? No, here's what I'm going to do. I'll pick before Casey. So if you want, I mean, the only way we really do this is you have to pick differently than me on every game. So the question then becomes, do you want a good record at the end of the year or are you... Do you want to win this? And I know you're going to say you want to win this, but... It's a good question here, Case. I know you're going to say you want to win this, but what are the chances, even if, even through dumb luck, we bo- you go 7-0 and I go 0-7, which I guess could happen if we both just pick opposite. That's a decision for you. You got, you got to make that decision. You got five days, four days to do it. But I will pick first, and you can decide whether you want to go against me in every game. The problem is, when I pick the Bengals on Sunday, that would leave Casey with the Bills. Oh, boy. We, we and Casey. We, I mean, and then we talk so, about so really. shouldn't I be able to pick first then? What's that? Shouldn't I be able to pick first then? Then I'm going to have to pick the Bills and stick up for my bracket from last week. Oh, that's going to be tough. But I'll do it. Or, or, or I can pick the Bengals there, and then we tie if we ended up at that record. There's that too. And of course, if there is a tie, which there's not going to be, I mean, what better way to decide a winner than a coin flip? But see, MJF is saying got to do blind picks. It It doesn't matter if we do blind picks because if we end up picking the same game twice, then it's over. So, it's your call. All right. It's your call. Casey, you better think about that a little bit. I'll think about it. Seems like you're wrestling with that. Is Doc ready to go? Doc's he here. is. All right. Paul Doherty. Long time. 30-plus years. Columnist from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Now, themorningline.substack.com. I mean, he's got the lid on today. Is that like a turnover uh, chain you're wearing there? What do you got going there? I mean, it's not Mardi Gras, is it? Actually, it is a, uh, a, a strand of Mardi Gras beads in honor of my late friend, Frank Abel. Yes. Who passed away unexpectedly last week. Frank is a a Cincinnati native, but he spent the last 20 years of his life in New Orleans, loved New Orleans almost as much as he loved the Bearcats and the Bengals. And he and I became friends via the morning line. I kind of served on occasion as his uh, psychologist, shall we say, after Bengals <laughs> losses. And I let him gloat after Bengals wins. And he died unexpectedly in his sleep about 10 days ago, Tom. Uh, he had a memorial over in St. Bernard on Saturday, and they uh, fittingly handed these out, and I'm still wearing mine. You know, uh, Paul, I want to ask you a little bit about that relationship, because you mentioned, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about it if you don't mind, because, you know, there are people you meet uh, when you do our kinds of jobs through the years. Um, you and I have spoken about this. You have a daughter, 
uh, Jillian, who has Down syndrome. Uh, one of the people that I, uh, one of the greatest treasures of my life is a young woman who lives out in San Francisco, Kelly Greenwald, who uh, has Down syndrome. She, um, she, she was the, the, the daughter of Hank Greenwald, longtime legendary broadcaster for the Giants and the Yankees, and then went back to San Francisco. When Polly and I were married, she was the only speaker at our wedding. And so I only bring this up because you, you, you develop friendships with people that would have never happened in a million years, more than likely, were you not in this kind of profession. So how did that relationship start with you two? Was there one moment where all of a sudden you guys kind of hit it off based on something you wrote or he wrote to you? Um, yeah, I mean, first, I, I met the Greenwalds at a, at a book fair in Sacramento several years ago. Yep. So I'm familiar with um, yeah, Tom, I mean, one of the greatest things about what I've done for the past, whatever, 30 years is, is the people I've met. Uh, my two best friends on the planet at the moment, uh, I met through, through sports, through writing about sports. And, and Frank was just a guy, I started out just being a, uh, what we call a mobster, the morning mob on TML. And uh, just kind of evolved into something a little bit deeper. I, my wife and I went and saw him uh, in New Orleans one year. We were on vacation. We got together. Uh, I, I could count on a stream of texts from Frank uh, during Bengals games, especially if the Bengals weren't doing well. Um, on the other hand, if I ripped him for something he didn't agree with, he let me know that too. Um, just a very good guy. And like you said, and I agree, uh, one of the beauties of doing what we do is the, is the folks we meet along the way. Let's shift gears to the Bengals v. Buffalo. Uh, we were talking with yeah. Brian Billick a little while uh, ago. Um, now all of a sudden, uh, Zach Taylor and his coaching staff trying to figure out, Doc, what they're going to do. You got your hands full playing Buffalo, even if you have every all hands on deck. And both teams have some key injuries. Von Miller's out for the year. We know that. But uh, now all of a sudden, um, another offensive lineman potentially goes down, and you're looking at three brand-new starters from where they were just four weeks ago. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I, I thought they'd be okay uh, even against the Ravens last weekend because um, – Adeniji and the, and the other guy, Sharping, were, were veterans. They've been through this before, albeit as backups. Um, Jackson Carmen, if Jackson Carmen has to play left tackle, along with the other two guys not being there, if they're not going to play, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how you scheme around that. Uh, they've done a good job of it. Uh, doing obvious things. Uh, quick throws, short drops. Um, you, you know, throwing to the backs, uh, not a lot deep. And the formula on how to beat the Bengals is pretty obvious. Is they're going to they're score touchdowns, but make them take some time doing it. And that, that means playing your safeties deep and keeping everything in front of them. Um, if you're going to be without three of your starting offensive linemen, you may not have time to throw deep no matter what they do against you defensively. So, that, that, that's a tough one. I, I thought losing Jonah Williams, and he hasn't been great, but he's been okay. 
at, at that particular position, left tackle, I, I thought that was a huge injury for them. Well, I mean, I admired. I brought it up before you came on. Uh, you're, you're, you're spot on uh, about Jonah Williams. has not been great. But the injury he suffered the other night, a dislocated kneecap, he's had that injury already this season and did not miss a single game. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, Zach Taylor made the comments yesterday uh, that both of them are kind of a week-by-week week sort of proposition, him and Karras. Um, and, you know, look, there are moments, and we have seen them, where young men, most of the sports we cover involve young men, have an opportunity in life. And for Carmen, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, by all accounts, he's a really smart kid. He's a sweet kid. He's a good kid. He's musically inclined. He has some depth to him. All of those kinds of things. And those are all wonderful things in real life. He had an opportunity to be a starter for this team last year and was forced ultimately to be a starter due to injuries. But then he gets benched and he did not play well. And he got beat out by a rookie for the left guard spot this year. He was in better shape this year. But this is now, to me, this is now the opportunity of a potentially a lifetime and a career-changing moment for Jackson Carmen. Would you agree with that? Well, to a certain extent. Um, th that assumes that, that, that his talent is better than he showed. Um, if that's the case, then, then it's a matter of diligence and effort and, and all the intangible stuff. Um, on the other hand, maybe this is who he is. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not that smart. Um, I, I don't think they drafted him that high because they didn't think he could play. Um, so you got to believe there, there's some, some talent there that just hasn't been, uh, been evident in, in the first couple of years. But you're right. If he can play well and at least hold down the fort and they go for three more games and he does it each of those three games, sure. Uh, that, that, that couldn't uh, help but help him. I mean, again, it's a question. Is the talent there? And if the talent is there, can it be focused? Um, and if the talent is there and it can be focused, then maybe the loss of Williams for, for however long it might be, you know, might not be that great. The flip side of all of this is the fact that the Bills have a quarterback who is a dynamic player, capable of putting up huge numbers and does in the pass game, the run game, the whole nine yards. I mean, he's an unbelievably talented player. He's also very sloppy with the ball. He leads the NFL in turnovers. He had three more, two picks and a fumble last week. And the Buffalo offensive line, Doc, allowed seven sacks in that game. If there is one thing that we've talked about this team this year, that gets overlooked so often, it is this defense. They just find a way to make plays. And I thought last week guys like Osai and Carter and some others who we've not talked about much at all came up big for this defense. Yeah, no question. And they got to do it again. What, I, what was really neat, I thought about the whole Hubbard run, besides the Hubbard run, what was the fact that it was kind of a team play. You had two or three other guys who helped make that play go. And people around here will complain about the fact that the Bengals are disrespected when it comes to things like Pro Bowl nominations or all pro votes. I think this is a really good team defense. 
I think they play as well together as any defense I've seen this year. And that play that won the game the other day was kind of a tribute to that because probably four guys had a hand in that. And maybe five if you count Huntley trying to go over the top instead of uh, down low as he was told to do. So at the end of the day, um, you look at this game this weekend, and I know you're not necessarily in the prediction business. There are a lot of people. I mean, the, the, the line keeps getting higher and higher and higher for whatever that means. It's all the way up to five. Buffalo is a favorite. What we know about the Bengals right now, you believe they can go in and steal that one? Um, hang on just one second, and I'll give you my answer. <laughs> there you go. Joe there you go. Look at this. He comes ready with the orange <laughs> shades. Man. I must tell you, I'm not a complete homer. My son got these for me for my birthday. So um, there you go. That's big time. That's it. Never say never when Joe Burrow's involved. I, 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 it's nice, though, that they'll finally have to beat a good quarterback. I've harped on this all year long. I, I think it's pretty significant. If you go look down the schedule and, and the quarterbacks they've played to get here, I, I think other than Lamar Jackson in the first game and Patrick Mahomes, uh, they haven't played a good quarterback. In fact, most of the guys they played are, are backups. Um, so we'll see. I mean, to, to get to the Super Bowl, theoretically, they're going to have to beat Josh Allen, Mahomes, and whoever – and then whoever the NFC throws out, could be Hurts, uh, could be Purdy, whoever, they're going to face good quarterbacks. And I like this defense. I think you're right about the defense. Uh, I'd also like to see them do well against a good QB. And that's what they got coming up this weekend. Can, can they win? Sure. I, I, there's no reason why they can't win. As long as Burrow is playing, they, they can beat anybody. Um, this one's going to be tough for sledding, and it scares me that the line is moving up although it's just designed to get more people to bet. But nevertheless, the Sharps generally know what they're talking about. It's amazing how right they are most of the time. Boy, how about um, Doc? How about Doc today? He's got the chain going. He's got the shade, orange shades going. Yeah, slip those back on. Doc, the only thing you're missing, and look, I know you are not averse to every now and again uh, enjoying a cigar. I mean, you're inside the house, so you're not going to fire it up. But that's all you're missing. Yeah, I yeah, you're, you're you're right about that. I don't I don't smoke twenty five dollars cigars like Burrow and Burrow does. Uh, not Joe Mixon though. I got I got my peeps down at the, where Joe Mixon buys his cigars. He smokes seven or eight dollar cigars, Perfect. which is in my league. I'm right. for that. Right. But uh, I, I don't I don't have twenty five dollar stogies like like, like uh, Joe Burrow does. Well, next week, if the Bengals win, uh, Doc, next week, we, you, you've got to set the computer up outside if it's warm enough. And if the Bengals <laughs> win, you've got to have the shades, you've got to have the chain, and you've got to fire up the cigar. $7, $8 right. cigar. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. That's a deal. Doc, thanks for the time, man. Great to see you. Okay, Tom, you too. All right, Paul Doherty, kind enough to join us. That's good stuff. <laughs> How about Doc? How about him? Casey, do you have any of those orange shades? Yet? Do you have a pair of those? I do not. I want some, though. I need to get me some. 
I don't either. My girlfriend does. I don't have any. She Your girlfriend them. has orange shades? She bought them last year after the AFC Championship. We yeah. have to ask Tracy about that today. Yeah. Wow. Doc bringing his A game today. Doc you was know, he's on. He's gone it. from sitting there and, you know, in front of his computer and, you know. And now all of a sudden he's got the nice setup. He's relaxed. He's laid back in his chair. He's paying tribute to his longtime friend. Um, and then breaks out the orange shades. Will he be lighting a cigar, boys, when we have him next Tuesday? I'm starting, I'm starting to really come around to this. Not that I was ever, I don't want to say I was ever 100%. You want to borrow out. your girlfriend's orange shades while you do this? I, you know, we always talk about the orange colored glasses. I think maybe I'm starting to come around to this. I had a lot of doubts. We see these injuries, but I don't know. I think it might, uh, don't let me get too high. I'm going to stay level-headed. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Good Lord. Stay level-headed. Bengals by 90. Bengals by 90? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, you have Joe Burrow, and you have Chase. You have this defense. You have Higgins. You have Boyd. Now, granted, you have, got, you have, to, you have to have time to throw to them. You know, you looked in again, you looked inside the stats. They weren't very good pertaining to the run game the other day, but there were some plays there in the run game. And I, and I just think that the, and it seems like we say it every week and maybe sometimes it doesn't play out that way, but I just think they've got to get something, something in that run game. Most offensive linemen would prefer the run game over the pass game. They like the ability that when the ball is snapped, they can be the aggressor and go hit somebody instead of backpedal mode when you're passing and having to protect in a defensive position. Most of them prefer overwhelmingly blocking in the run game. Can they do it? I don't know if they can do it or not. All right, we're going to uh, take a quick break. Um, and uh, Casey, we are going to get to this postseason stink list, and I'm already getting a preview of this thing, and I cannot believe it. So that is a teaser for all of you out there. I cannot believe this postseason stink. You have reached higher heights yourself on the stink list. If what I just saw is accurate. So we're leaving you with that as a teaser. Stay with us on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Tracy Jones coming up at 1130. It's that time of the show, the ham and eggers. <laughs> These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Well, Wait, we're doing on. this again. Here we go. Perfect. Uh, Casey, you look like you had something you wanted to say or no? About the stink list? Oh, God. Yeah, uh, well, we'll get into that more in a second. But did you... Just to preview this, did you have any – what went into this one? Real quick. Don't put it up there I'm yet. Not, I'm not going to. Pretty much. I've just seen a lot of weaknesses on a lot of the teams. And there's only really one team I feel like deserves to be at the top. And they are at the top. And they deserve to be at the top. All the other teams – are trying to figure out a way to beat them. So, all right. 
before we get to the stink list and before we get to Tracy Jones, anything with the wedding from last week with Tracy? Any, any discussion over the weekend? Did anybody watch the clip? You know, um, Alex did listen to his advice. Okay. And, and we, we kind of think that the parking is actually a pretty good idea. Charge for parking. Yeah, and then we'll get a caddy. Okay. And then we can charge. The, the, you have to have a fee if you want to ride the caddy. All right. And they tip the caddy so they, they get their, their comeuptance. Sure. And then... Uh, Gross domestic product on the McAllister wedding is just through, through the roof. Yeah. And then maybe we'll open it to public. You know. You're going to open your wedding to the public? Maybe. I don't know. Just oh, depends. The off-the-bench crew is going to be loaded. Bottle service. Bottle service for the off-the-bench viewers. The loyal people of Cincinnati. So just for people that don't know, that this wedding is a few months away still. It's, 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 a, it's in a few months. We have some time. It's not like it's next weekend. Yeah. June 3rd. Well, I didn't want to air you out there, but if you're willing to tell the people, that's when it is. Yeah, so It's June 3rd. It's in June, so you have six months, five and a half months. You feel comfortable with where you're at? I need to go get my uh, fitting. You know, I got to get the tuck situation figured out. Are you buying or are you renting? I'm probably going to rent. Renting? Mm -hmm. He's renting his tux, Tom. Casey's renting his tux. You sure you don't want to buy one so you have one for the rest of your life? You're not growing anymore. Well, maybe if you grow. Because, you know, all of us at some point in time who, um, you know, if you're the kind of person that is asked, as, as I've been a long time, gratefully so, to MC different events where it's a black tie thing, right? It makes more fiscal sense to buy one. But when you just said, did you just say you stopped growing? Yeah. Did you say that to him? Well, you don't get taller. No, you don't get taller, but you can get yeah, wider. You get wider. <laughs> you can get wider. Right? That's right. So I bought a tux a long time ago. Next thing you know, first time, you know, the old love handle show up. A little bit of a boiler going. Uh-oh. Right? Next yeah, thing you know, you go throw on that tux. Little snug. A little tight in the tail. Not good. All right, let's roll Try through this stink list jacket. All right, let's go to the stink list. Here we go. We got big numbers today. We thank everybody for being with us. We got Tracy Jones coming up. I cannot believe this stink list. What's wrong with it? San Francisco, I don't think anybody has an argument with. And at least based on the way they played during the season, when they had a healthy Jalen Hurts, they were the best team in the NFL all year long. No doubt about it. Agreed. But I am stunned that you have the Kansas City Chiefs behind the Cincinnati Bengals. When you know that if they play, and I know we avoid those two words last year, but I can't believe with the injuries right now with the Bengals that you have the Bengals ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's my biggest gripe on that whole thing right there. Tom, they've beaten them four times in a row. Is it four in a row four, or three? Three, three, in, a row? three, three in a row. Three. He's already three. projecting ahead of the AFC Championship <laughs> game. <laughs> He's getting ahead of himself. Yeah, I'm already getting ahead of myself. But I feel like the Bengals deserve to be where they're at. Same with the Bills. They were both up on title towns, and they both had really bad games. 
um, in their in their playoffs. If you ask me, I feel like the Bills game was bad. I know they won, and they won by three points, I think it is. But you can't give up 30 to a third-string quarterback. Simple as that. Bengals, you almost lost the game. You got lucky with the Hubbard 100 – the uh, the Hubbard yard dash or whatever it is. And then the Chiefs, you know, they had a bye week. It's hard to really tell what they're going to come out with. Dallas, they're the biggest jump to me, except for uh, the Giants. But Dallas, they, they looked really, really good last night. Then the Jags, I think they're in an appropriate spot. And Giants, I think they're the, the underdog right now in the whole – playoff run the rest of the way i think uh if danny dimes manages to beat the eagles oh man i gotta take a closer look because i gotta reevaluate you gotta dive in i gotta, gotta dive look in at the stats paul what, what are your impressions anything jump out for you on the stink list like they did for me with kc being behind cincinnati well, I just think that when you look at the way that this list is set up, I do appreciate that all of the teams that are above borderline stink are the playoff teams and that if yes, you're not in the playoffs, sure. they're out. So we, we've started to establish some separation, yes. which, I, which is good. Yes. It's also logical, but go ahead. Well, baby steps. All right. That's fine. Well, all, all the teams that are out of the playoffs stink. Uh, fair. Fair enough. Fair. Fair enough. And they all stink in separate ways. I agree. Okay. I don't understand how you cannot have at least one AFC team in a title town. Somebody's going to play in a Super Bowl, and that's a title town. Somebody's going to play for a title, which qualifies you for title town. So some. You well, got, I think, correct me if I'm wrong that. here on this now, Paul, uh, uh, Casey. After this weekend, one AFC team will certainly jump into the title town column, correct? I don't know. It depends on how they win. If the Bengals win 10-6 to 6 and the Jaguars beat the Chiefs, nobody's jumping up, right? I mean, it just depends. Like, if the Bengals go out and they win sure-handedly, then they go to title towns. But if they look terrible and they just, like, get away with a lucky win, then I'm not putting them in title towns. Okay, but, but I think... Those two teams at the top show hardly any cracks, if at all. In their armor. I think he, he brings up a good point, Casey. I, you, you bring up a good point about winning ugly. At what point, though, do the wins just – you win. And it doesn't matter what it looks like because – Amen. How many the, times have we talked about this with the Bengals where, you know, they win, they might not look great, but, hey, they figure out a way, they get it done. Title Towns, to me, does not mean you're in the Super Bowl. It means you're taking the championship home with you. And, and you don't think any AFC team right now can win the Super Bowl? No, not with the way the 49ers wow. and Eagles are playing. Wow. Eagles have even played a the, playoff I game I admire yet. the qualification there because I've not heard that all year long. I think we assume, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to speak for you. I assumed all year long the title town meant you could get to the Super Bowl. I did too. Okay. So now you have qualified to make sure we understand the title town is only for those who are going to bring home the goods. Yes. All right. Now there's a cup well, like during the season there's a lot of different teams that we can maybe make a case where that could bring it home. But now that we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, I really don't see how the NFC doesn't bring this home. I can't so wait for next year's playing. preseason stink list. Where do it OTAs, the draft. That's going to be fun. Well, you might be 
looking forward to that. I'm wondering what the hell is going to happen on this show in about three weeks from now. We're talking, Tom, don't you worry. I am worried. About three weeks I'm from very now. worried. We'll talk. Because I sit here and, 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 and you know what? Let's leave that alone. I want to get to one thing that we got a lot of feedback on Twitter. You guys put the clip up where I said about Cincinnati's a football town. Yeah. I want to thank a lot of you. And you know what I want to thank you for? I want to thank you for being kind, even if you disagree. We got a lot of responses on that deal. We got a ton of them. A lot of people liked it. But some that, that disagreed, they just said, Tom, I disagree. And we agreed to disagree. There were a couple of others that made suggestions of some other towns. And, and, and you know, as I was saying that, I, I should have probably qualified talking about cities that have an NFL team. Okay, because I said Boston and San Diego. I mean, I said Boston and St. Louis. Boston technically has a football team. Foxborough is not too far down the road. Okay, uh, St. Louis, as we know, no longer has an NFL team, which is a travesty in and of itself because they supported that franchise and they had some terrible teams. Won a Super Bowl too. Uh, San Diego no longer has an NFL team. That was suggested by someone, but they should have been included. Another person included Milwaukee, which we know doesn't have an NFL team. We're not counting Green Bay there? No, because it, it, it's far enough away. I mean, okay. you know, it's an easy ride. Right. There was a time uh, where the Packers used to play a couple of games a year in the regular season uh, when they had terrible teams. They play a couple of games a year at Old County Stadium in Milwaukee. So I just want to say thanks to everybody out there that if you didn't agree – you didn't have to turn it into some ugly kind of thing. Tracy Jones, kind enough to join us. Tracer, one of the, uh, one of the reactions, and I'm curious uh, your opinion. You've been around this town long enough now. First of all, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. See, there you go again. California, California, Catalina, Catalina. Island. Have you ever been there, Tom? Uh, you know what? I've not, and I hear... That it's it, that, that's the one you got to take the boat out to, right? The one yes. you see off the coast right there in Southern California. Yeah. I read a story there not too long ago and about it blew my mind because I, I have stayed, I don't know how many dozens and dozens of times down in Palos Verdes, California. You know where that oh, is, right? Absolutely. Beautiful place. One of the most beautiful yeah. places in the world. Um, yeah. But you can see directly out to Catalina Island. And I've always wanted to go out there, and, and just every time I've been there, I've been too busy to go. I read an article that said that they are having gang problems on Catalina Island. You know oh. anything about that? I, I know nothing about that. I'm, I'm very surprised because yeah. the, the locals are pretty nice. You know, Tom, let me ask you. See, you know a lot about a lot of stuff. Catalina Island, what team had spring training there going back years and years and years ago? Boy, you know, um, I, I want to say I want to say the Cubbies. You got it. I knew you'd get that. That's Actually, pretty good. That was, I think that was that, a good guess. That was a good guess. That was a long time ago, but yeah, great island. And if you get to you know Southern California, Catalina Island, I highly suggest it. Only twenty six miles. You take a boat. Very reasonable and uh, very very nice place. I would assume in California, that's got to be an electric boat. So you're not paying for the gas to get over there on that boat, right? 
the last time I went, Tom, it was it was I think it was coal generated uh, <laughs> boat. But yeah, we made it over there. I've been there a few times. In fact, the next time I go to California, I think I might make a trip to Catalina. I, you know what? I, I'd love to go out there sometime. I've been saying it for years. Uh, the, the, the question I was ultimately getting at was um, I made the comment yesterday and uh, many people agreed. There were a number of people that did not agree and everybody can have their opinion. And that's awesome. You've been around Cincinnati right. long enough to know now. Uh, would you say Cincinnati is more and I'm not saying just today because the Bengals are hot and they're in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. Would you say that Cincinnati is more of a baseball town or a football town? I mean, what are we talking about? The last 10 years? We're no, talking I'm just go, saying go. in general. And, you know, the, 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 one of the reasons that I base my argument on that it's not as great of a baseball town as people want to make it out to be. It's been a huge fabric, part of our fabric here in Cincinnati, oldest franchise, on and on and on and on. But even in the heyday of the big red machine. They never drew more than 2.5, 2.6 million fans in a single season. And they were playing in a stadium that sat 54,000 people. 55,000 was standing room only. Places like St. Louis, they draw that when they lose 85 games in a season. Yeah, so, I, I would like to say, yeah, I would like to say it's a baseball town, but I have to keep my credibility, whatever I have left. Uh, and say it is a football town. It, 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 look at, I think last year they drew the second lowest attendance ever going back to 1983, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, attendance keeps going down, down, down. Uh, everybody's talking about the Bengals and they've talked about the Bengals for a few years now. And, and, and I think you make a great, great point. And I've heard you make it before. When you have the team like the Big Red Machine and you can't get you know over 2.5, when the Dodgers are drawing three million, I'm just saying the Reds, you know, Dodgers drawing three million. I understand Los Angeles, but there's not much to do in Cincinnati. So going to a baseball game and seeing that great uh, eight players, I would think that'd be sold out every single single night. I know I'd love to see that team every night. Oh, there, there's no doubt. And uh, but you know, and again, I, I, I'm not sitting here, you know going after people for how they decided to spend their money back in those days. That's not my job. I don't want anybody telling me how to spend my money and, and you're able to do what you're able to do or afford it or not afford it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I just look at the whole sort of, um, uh, you, you know, the, the high school football here has an un, just an extraordinary following. One of the top probably five, six, seven places in the United States of America. Um, Without yeah, the college football, uh, you know, but you got to give them something to root for, Tracy. And let's be honest about it. Um, when it comes to the Bengals, and even during the Marvin Lewis years, they may not have won in the playoffs, but they were getting to the playoffs all all the time. Um, you know, whether you look at the pro team, whether you look at L Luke Fickle and Brian Kelly, and what both of them did at UC, selling out every single game now. Um, and, and then the Reds, you, you got to give them something to root for, Tracy. Who said it was a baseball town? Was it dumb old Casey or dumb old Pauly? Those J.O.s. Which one? <laughs> Which one of those J.O.s said that? Boy, you're coming right after. He didn't even say good morning to you guys, and he drops the J.O.s <laughs> on you. <laughs> well, it certainly wasn't me. Yeah, I, I still think if both teams were really good at the same time, it's hard for me to say that Cincinnati's fully switched over to being a, a total football town, Tracy. But I, just because I know what this town looks like when the Reds are 
are at their peak. But listen, Paul, you're not being very objective. Okay, you were a ball boy, weren't you? For the Reds? I was. I was. So you're not very objective. <laughs> Although you booted a couple of balls, I saw that one time went right under <laughs> your legs. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think when the Reds are, I we were talking about this the other day in the office. I would like to see the Bengals as Super Bowl contenders and the Reds as World Series contenders all happening at the same time, and then see what happens. That's really well, cool. let me when's tell that, you this. When's that going to happen? When's that, but that, that's yeah. exactly right. When's that going to happen? Well, let me tell you this, guys. And I just saw the line. The, the Bills are giving up five points. Yep. Bengals have no chance in this game. None. And, and, I, and I'm a Bengal fan, but that offensive line is, is – I mean, they're injured. I mean, what do you got? Three, four guys yep. down. They're yep. not going to be recovering from it. Joe Burrow can't just keep hitting, you know, quick slants and hook patterns. I mean, he's got to throw deep. He's not going to get the time. I don't even think it's that close. Who's our uh, advertising person for the app? I want to place my bet right now. I did. I've Bad been friend. calling, and it just came out the line right. Five five points. The Bengals yep. are getting. I'm all over that bet. All that over. is with Bet Fred Sports. You can get it on the app. Bet okay. Fred. That's the the, the oldest. The oldest. Uh, sports book in England. So they've been around for a long, long time. It's a very successful company. Uh, they are the partner with the Bengals, Betfred Sports. The Reds yep. have their partner. Bengals have their partner, uh, whatever. So Betfred Sports is the place to go. Paul, where, uh, early on here, and obviously we have a number of days before we get to the game. Sure. Um, where's the money going on that game? Yeah, so most of the bets are coming in on Cincinnati, uh, but most of the money is coming in on Buffalo. Just early on, 70-30 for Cincinnati on the bets, but 64-36 on the money. So I tell you, some of the bigger money early has come in on the, on the bills, and that's why the line has moved up to five. So, Tracy, I'm all over I heard that. you right. Did you just say you think the Bengals have no chance in this game? No chance. No chance. I think the Bills, Allen had kind of a, a, a bad game. I watched so much football. That's all I did was watch football. I think Josh Allen had a bad game. I think he's going to rebound. You're playing in Buffalo. Uh, it's the offensive line. Bengals got good players. I'm not stupid enough to say, you know, they don't. They have good players. But you have to have an offensive line. I mean, is Jonah Williams going to be? Is he coming back? I mean, is he going to recover? And Jonah Williams, you make a big deal. He's given up nine sacks in 16 games. I, well, mean, I think it's he more gets like 12. Up. Is it like 12? Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you know, but I talked up, I, I said earlier, though, Tracy, you know, there's one guy that I'm not going to beat down. And I would under normal circumstances, as you know. But he suffered a dislocated knee earlier this season in a game and did not miss a single game this year. So, okay. you know, based on that, and I don't know the severity of it or the difference between the first one to the dislocated knee he suffered the other night, whether he can come back again. But those are the guys you want you want playing for you. You know what I mean? I, and that's great inside information. Hey, Tom, can I give you guys a couple things that just my observations? Because remember, I see things that you people don't see in that game against Baltimore. When Hubbard uh, recovered that uh, fumble, right, from yep. from what, with the quarterback. I hate that reach-around thing. That's, that makes me nervous. You mean to tell me no one could catch Hubbard? Did you see the one back give up on that play? Yep. You had the tight end almost chase him down. And by the way, that last little play was a clip. I just, you know, no one's watching, but that was a clip. He got hit in the back. Andrews, right? He got clipped. Yep. Yep. But you mean to tell me no one could 
catch Hubbard, a hundred yard dash, and not one person could turn around and, and catch him. I'll tell you, I saw Daryl Green. Remember Daryl Green? Oh, uh, great player, Hall of Famer. And fast. Now I saw him. I saw him thirty yards behind a guy and catch him. It was a lot. It was a running back. I mean, you have fast guys, and I think if someone would have made a turn like that one running back and then gave up, they could have caught Hubbard. I really do, but they just kind of gave up. In your day, could you have caught Sam Hubbard? You could have got Sam Hubbard, could have started the 50-yard line. I could have started the end zone, and I'd have caught his ass. Remember, Pete Rose called me the fastest white guy I'd ever seen play. I when know Pete that. Rose I know met, that. When Pete Rose met me in spring training, he came up to me. And you know what the first thing he said? I thought you were black because I had all these stolen bases, right? Because Whitey can't steal bases. Everybody knows that. And I had like 51 out of 55 stolen bases. Look it up. Paulie, do something. Casey, do something. Look it up. So, yeah. You that's, had 51 uh, stolen bases in a, in a minor league season and 55 You know attempts. what? I think it's real close. I think I was 51 for 55, double A, triple A combination. And the guy that threw me out three times, Ron Karkovice. Who no could play. really throw? Yeah, he was good. He could really throw, boy. Hey, yeah, back, back in the back, the old line. Reed Mouse reminds me of the old line. You could hit like Maze and run like Hayes. That's so so nice. I'm seeing in 1985, Tracy, you were 46 for 50. Oh, okay. That's pretty doggone That's not bad. good. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, you know what? And I, I don't, you know how I hate to make this show about me. I know that irritates a lot of people. Before I hurt my knee, I was second in the National League in stolen bases behind Vince Coleman, and I was hitting 300. So, you know, you, you people out there can criticize me, but, you know, my career is a lot like, um, I don't know, what could have been? What could have well, been? Well, so, I, I mean, I remember because I was here and I was covering the team. I mean, you were raking. And you were stealing bases, and you were all out all the time. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were coming up with that whole legendary cast of characters that wound up winning a World Series with the Reds back in 1990, guys like Eric Davis and Cal Daniels and Paul O'Neill and Chris Sabo, and uh, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, uh, you were batting third in the lineup on those minor league teams with all those guys around you. Am I right or wrong on that one? Yeah, and Tom, just to explain to what to the people out there what exactly is your third hitter in a lineup. Isn't he your best hitter? He is. He, yeah. he, that's why I bring it up, because I remember you were the number three guy. Okay, enough of me. I caught a situation over the weekend, and I want to throw it to you guys. It's, it's a serious question. I'm okay. in Target. Target, as we like to call it. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Target. And I'm there, and I see a woman, a kid's, her kid's acting up, about a four-year-old. And the woman takes the kid by the shirt and paddles him twice on the butt. You should have seen some of the looks of the people that were watching this go down. Because the kid was making some noise. I thought they were going to call 421 kids. I sat there. I went over to the lady. I said, you know, I like the way you discipline your kids. I haven't seen someone spank their kid in years. Yep. I know my dad did. Yep. I, I don't know if I don't know if Marty did with of you. Of course he but did. But that was so refreshing. So just to kind of wind it up, and I'm not looking for a pat on the back. You guys know that. I'm not I don't need people to say how great I am. 
but I was in front of her. I said, let me, t let me pay for her groceries. She had like $42 worth of groceries. So I picked up the tab. Occasionally I'll do that. It, it's not too much. It's not a big deal. Remember I talked about helping wow. people. I like to help yes. people. Yes. I just really respected that woman for having just, she said, I don't care if we're on target. I'm going to paddle my kid. And I'll tell you what, I bet you that four-year-old turns out to be a pretty good kid. I bet you. Well, look, because he has the uh, discipline. Uh, you know, I go back to the days. I talk about it all the time, and 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 much like probably the reaction of people that you saw around this woman, right? Everybody wants to, yes. Everybody else wants to parent everybody else's kids, and and, and maybe not so much our own, right? But uh, look, I, I went to a public high school here in Cincinnati, where back when I was growing up, you would get swats from the principal. Yes, yes, yes. And, and I'll tell you one thing right now. You at home might totally disagree with it. You're entitled to your opinion. But I can promise you one thing, and I can promise you one thing sitting here as a 59-year-old man. I have never forgotten those swats and some of those yeah. mistakes. I've made many, many others, but I didn't make those same ones again. That I can remember. No. And they would bring out the paddle. My principal caught me in the first grade, if you can believe it. The first grade I got paddled, because me and my buddy uh, held this kid down because he took a, a Eddie Bishota was his name, took a piece of paper from my friend. His mom saw it, went to the principal, and I actually got a swat. And I remember walking with Craig, and he says, it's all right. And I started crying. I was like first grade kindergarten. I mean, it was a big traumatic thing. I don't even know if you should have principals disciplining a first grader. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if that's. that's yeah, a little, I, 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 I think that's. It's a little much there. I, right? I, I think we're both in agreement on that. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and I did get SWAT in um, in seventh and eighth grade, so yeah. I, I did have that situation. But yeah, those those days have changed. And even Tom on coaching, can you imagine a guy like Woody Hayes coaching now? Or how no. about a guy like Bobby Knight? No. Nope. Can't do anything to these kids. They nope. get hurt feelings. You know, nope. Casey, you better put the paddle to your kids because that generation. You and Polly are soft. You guys got no testosterone. You know, testosterone is down 50% for the last 50 years. Do you guys know that? I did, did know you that. you see that? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I want to shift gears to Casey here for a minute because we were having a debate, um, Tracy, which we need your input. You've had a lot of input about his uh, upcoming wedding. Um, he was debating about renting a tux and paul threw it out there would you consider buying a tux oh no so, no no uh, Who's casey the... you want to tell where you guys are because i don't want to misconstrue you know what happened here i was out of the room for a minute yeah i mean i i wanted to just rent rent the tux um because you know i'm not exactly in the greatest shape of my life and what if i uh get more <laughs> Rotund? Rotund. Or <laughs> if I uh, slim down, you know. That's fair. I was just throwing it out there as an option. You never know what kind of events you got to go to down the road. I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm just looking at Casey and you, Paul. I'm just guessing not too many big events. But, hey, listen, <laughs> as far as as far as far the flowers, because we talked. And we're going to move off because I have a question for you, Tom. Something I was watching over the weekend. We talked about flowers. Flowers is a huge expense. Yes. Go to Hobby Lobby. Okay, they have the discounts. I think it's on Tuesdays. They have to, and get the fake flowers. Make sure you keep the tag on them. You do the whole bouquet, put something together, and then take them, return them. 
to Hobby Lobby. They're good at returns. So just to not, that'll save you about $250, $300 with flowers. I mean, it's Hobby not a bad idea. Lobby. I, Hobby I go, Lobby. We do actually go to Hobby Lobby to, uh, we're, we're making we all bouquets do. for all of her bridesmaids. We're using fake flowers for her bridesmaids. We're using real ones currently. Well, maybe I will convince her to use fake ones for, for her real bouquet. <laughs> but... Uh, Wait, what? You know, I got to tell you, when it comes to the fake flowers thing, I, I, I got to tell you, I am not I'm not against this idea in any form or fashion. And I know for some of you, that's that's, you know, heathen kind of stuff there. But but at the end of the day, you can use a lot of those fake flowers you know, decorate your house, have, you know, some nice shelves and all that kind of thing and keep them forever, as opposed to spending an arm and a leg on a bunch of flowers that are going to be dead in five days. Right. Right. Tracy, right or wrong? So what? So you're for fake flowers? Or I'm saying flowers? I don't think it's such a bad idea. I mean, we didn't do it, but we, you know, we ended up spending a fortune on flowers. I mean, there are flowers everywhere. Uh, and... I'll tell you what. I, I don't like flowers. I don't like flowers. It's just not a big thing. Now, I do occasionally if I feel like Danae's cheating on me. Or I think Danae's kind of stepped away from me. I will send myself a dozen roses, and that gets her right back because she gets extremely jealous. But someone will knock on the door. Uh, Mr. Jones, I have a dozen roses, and you should see Danae's eyes. Who are they from? I don't know. <laughs> All right, but back, back to the tuck thing. Are you telling him not to not to buy it? No, no, just rent it. Just run it. Tom, how many times you've worn a tux since you've... Well, I was you explaining probably... before you came on, Tracy, I had to, you know, you get asked to, to, to do a lot of events. Not only go to events, but, right. you know, maybe be the MC, like the big one here, the, the heart ball, and, and, you know, many, many others. And so it got to a point where from, and, and nobody understands money uh, than you do, Tracy. It comes to a point where it's a fiscal decision. Buy one, it's nice, looks good, fits. Problem is, as I said to Casey, Paul had said, you know, Casey, maybe you ought to buy one. You stop growing. And I said, well, you might stop growing north and south. But for many of us, the issue is growing east and west. Ain't that the truth? Hey, Casey, I was just thinking about the flowers because I really am focusing on the flowers. Just go to like a cemetery and you can just gather up flowers that have been set on someone's uh, grave. So do something like that. That could save you some money. Yeah, but go to a cemetery, just collect it. They don't mind. No one cares. There's no Sharon in the chat room today. I'm very disappointed. Uh, uh, she's not here today. Um, all right, what was it you want to ask me about, Tracy? You said okay. there was something on your mind. You, you know, Al Michaels got criticized for not giving enough enthusiasm of that last-second kick, the Chargers-Jacksonville. Do you like working with someone that ha is very enthusiastic or someone that's kind of low-key? And I'll give you an example. I'm a big fan of Dave Lapham. I like the enthusiasm. Yep. Yep. Would that ever bother you to have someone calling along with the play like Lapham does with Dan Hort? Would you no. say something? No, but I will say this. I love working with the guys who have a lot of enthusiasm. I mean, Tracy, I could turn around and ask you the same thing. You want to play? You want to have a teammate with a guy that's got some fire and some passion? And is fired up, or you want some laid-back guy who you know 
No. Uh, and I'm not talking about laid back off the field. We're talking about, and you're making reference to being on the air. So the, the red light is on, just like when you cross those white lines, as you baseball players like to say, and a guy that's going to play with some fire and some passion. Um, right. Well, oh, look here. Is oh, he Tucker sorry? He's doing good. He just got back from California. Go ahead, Tom. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. But you asked me a question. I mean, I, I like working with the guys that have a, uh, a lot of fire and enthusiasm. I will say this, though. Okay? And, and I, I think there is a moment where the analyst in this case has to understand the moment. Okay, and I don't mean for the play-by-play -play guy's resume tape. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the moment, okay? And right. I haven't heard the radio call, and I'm sure it's unbelievable of Dan Horde. I did. Okay, I did. I'm sure it's unbelievable. He's a great announcer. It is. And I love Lapham. He's prepared. He's passionate. He's fired up. Right. I love that radio team. But when you have a moment, uh, and let, let, let's pick a big moment. Let, let's say like, you know, Hank Aaron hits 7.15, right? Pete Rose, uh -oh. 41.92. Okay, and on that call, now Joe Nuxall, who we all love more than life itself, he's screaming, get out, get out, get out. And if you're the person who's in the car, maybe you never hear that it was actually a base hit because someone's screaming over the call. So I think yeah. that there is a place for all of that. Am I, am I off base on that? No, it's just tough. You know, that, that kind of call, and I'm, I, hey, I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of Joe Nuxall. I just think that was Marty's time. That's what I'm I, talking I, about. Yeah, it's not even Marty's was, time. It's Pete's Yeah, time. it was Pete's time. It's the city's yeah. time. It's Major League Baseball's time. And I'm not sitting here and getting on Nuxy in any form or fashion, because when right. I say I love that man uh, as right. much as any human being in the world, I did and still do. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, if the color analyst wants to do that during the entire game on different plays, that's fine. But there is a moment where, you know, maybe if you're able to take a half step back and let the person who's listening at home understand exactly what just happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. And I understand that. And as far as the player's concerned, you know, that's a big moment for Pete. And he would like to be remembered with, with Marty and Joe, I guess, making that call. I'll give you an example. Do you remember when Griffey was going for 600 home runs yes. and he wanted your dad to do the call? Yes. Right? This was before Jeff Brownlee, I, you know. But, yeah, that was something that Marty, every time Griff came up, Griff asked, hey, can Marty make that call? And, you know, that's – I don't know. That was kind of a slippery slope right there, wasn't it? Well, it is. And I mean, look, uh, again, you, you, you know, you're oftentimes one of your closest friends uh, is a guy you're sitting next to, especially in baseball, when you're doing 162 games and 190 games. Yeah. Uh, if you're doing spring training and, 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 you know, so on and so forth. Football may be a little bit different. It's once a week. But I know Lapp and, and Dan are very tight, and I can't wait to hear that call. Um, but, but, but Dan, Dan Horde and, and Lapham are a fabulous team, uh, on the radio. So, uh, anything else on your mind? Anything else that came up this week that you're thinking yes. about? Okay. Yeah. See, this bothered me and people are going to say, there you go again, trying to stir the pot. There's nothing Ooh, there. Okay. Lamar Jackson, not making that trip. Now, a lot of people think not a big deal. Okay. 
I think that's a huge, I think it's extremely weak. And someone I was talking to said, well, you know, they're, they're, issues of the contract and and so on and so forth it has nothing to do with the contract right that's to do with your teammates yeah and to do something and not make that trip and at least sit on the bench or give some insight of saying hey listen i'm watching this you know cover two there's a hole in the middle whatever whatever it could be i mean you've got to be there with your teammates and no one really brought it up i know chris mentioned it a couple times on the air but i thought that was just extremely weak and that probably tells me that he's not going to be back in baltimore Right. Well, I you know, look. I had uh, I had I, I said yesterday in the monologue uh, that I I thought it was incredibly weak, and that if I was a teammate of Lamar Jackson, I'd have a hard time looking at him yep. again as a leader of my team. If I was the owner of the team, which right. obviously I'm not, I'd have a very hard time considering giving him what he was looking for in a three hundred four hundred million dollar contract. I. Guys, Tracy, as you know, are always going to say the right things, right? And there are a lot of the right. Baltimore players right now that are coming out in defense yes. of Lamar Jackson. What would happen? What would happen? And Sammy Watkins walked that fine line when he was asked this question before the game, a couple of days before the game. Um, what would happen in a locker room? Well, let, let's just put you in the situation where you're on the Ravens. Okay, and everybody agrees and knows that Lamar Jackson is hurt. But if someone walked up to you, say, on Saturday and uh, the team had just landed in Cincinnati uh, and this reporter um, knew that Lamar Jackson was not on the team plane and he walked up to you and said, hey, Tracy, what do you think about Lamar Jackson not making this trip? And let's just say you go off and you have a few things to say about it. What would that how would that affect you in the locker room? Well, I one time got on a star player for doing something bad. I mean, a big time star player. And I did something like I didn't appreciate the behavior that he was showing to the teammates. Uh, and I spoke up for everyone. Well, you got to know your role, buddy. <laughs> I was traded a month later. So, really? but you got to watch. Yeah, you got to watch who you're talking about, Lamar. Jackson, I mean, he's a star player, and you just got to bite your tongue there because if not, you're going to have players defending him because he is the star of the team. He's the, he's the face of that franchise, I think. But, okay, but let me, okay, then, then let me take it one more step. If you were on that team and you are going to be a guy that's going to be around for a while, say you're a you know, second or third year player in the league, you're the starting cornerback of the team or wide receiver, lineman, whatever. But your guy's going to be around there for a while. Um, do you ever have a private conversation with Lamar Jackson once you start training camp I, next year? You know, that's not your job. Your job is to play, but it is Harbaugh's okay. job. I mean, Harbaugh or the general manager can sit there and pull him up the side and say, hey, I think it's a really good idea for the team. I'm sure they'd like to see you on the bench. You know, give a little enthusiasm, a little fake enthusiasm, a little eye wash, as they say. But something just being there, I think, can help. And it could help Hundley, the quarterback, right? Just yep. kind of help him along. But to stay home, what good is that, sir? I mean, I saw him the week before, sitting on the bench, uh, you know, with his sunglasses yep. on. It's like, that, that's a bad look. I'm sorry, that's a bad look. You got 50 right. million chains on, bad look. 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, anything yeah. before Tracy, before we let you go, anything for the ham and eggers? Guys, do you have anything for Tracy you want to ask him about? Uh, I think we checked all the boxes with the wedding and the tux. I think that was everything we were going to talk about. You know, uh, I got Tracy, one more thing. Yeah. I got one more thing, and I'll, and I'll let you guys go because I came prepared as I always do. Is anyone feeling sorry for the kicker that missed four extra points of the Cowboys? I feel oh, so bad for that guy. The ninety-five, ninety-five percent of people that bet on him to make over two and a half extra points are feeling pretty bad. <laughs> See, you know that guy's career is over. He's got the yips. He's like St. Louis. Remember St. Louis, the guy that used to be the snapper for the for the Bengals for like ten years. He made a couple of bad snaps. He couldn't shake it. I mean, this kicker's career is over. It's I'll like having you, the yips. You, you're you're going to learn a lot about him next week going out to San Francisco, right? Yeah, learn oh, a lot he about trip. him. What's that? He ain't going to make. He ain't, he ain't going to be their kicker. Uh -uh. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. No. Yes, he will. Um, I bet you five dollars. All right, you're on. Um, one thing that I just wanted to run by you before we let you go, because I'd forgotten about yep. this. I asked Casey the other day. I said, you know, we we're sitting here. It was early before the show. Uh, and a couple of people over the weekend had come up to me. A number of people had come up to me over the weekend. Uh, and it said how much they really like this show and they're watching the show, uh, podcasts, the show on a regular basis. And I asked Casey, I said, hey, you know, is anybody coming up to you? And, you know, all of a sudden recognizing you because you're such a vital part of the program, both behind <laughs> the scenes and in front of the camera. Right. Casey, your answer was... Yes, I had someone, uh, an ADT guy. I was getting home security, and he recognized us from Chatterbox. As soon as you opened the door. Yeah, as soon as I opened the door. He, he, he First, he wanted to say that he loved Tom and Marty whenever they're on together. He loves that. Okay. Um, but then he, he said that he watches a lot of our Bengals content and uh, enjoys it. And the funny thing was, too, he was uh, a friend of my dad's. They grew up together in Mason High School. So it was just a weird coincidence. But, yeah. Well, don't let it go to your head now, okay? Don't be asking for a raise. Don't go to Trace and say you want to want a raise. They'll give you some gift certificates maybe to UDF. Save you some money there. Yeah. Sure. I think it's pretty big time, Trace. You know, all of a sudden, Casey, one of the Ham and Eggers. Paul, know, I'm sure you're going it. through the same thing. that big head. At those Xavier games. You got a lot of people now, Paul. They didn't know you already, right? That's exactly right. No, I did. I had somebody come up, and uh, and, and they, they look at me, and they go, wait a second, off the bench? I go, yeah, absolutely, off the bench. Wow. But more importantly, this is a great opportunity to get out there and pull some wool. Because remember, that's all what it's, it's, that's what it's about, guys, right? You don't care about some ADT. You care about some hot girl. Maybe some girl that goes to Xavier, right? <laughs> Tom? All right. Uh, okay. Tom? Yeah. I, I, crazy? Have a great day, my man. We'll catch you up again right, on Thursday. All right. All right. Tracy see Jones. I thought we were going to make it through. No. I thought we were going to make it through. Come on. You know better than that. I thought we were going to make it through. Cherry on top. All right, Cherry on Top presented by United Dairy Farmers. What do we have today, boys? We got a great one today. All right. I think you'll really, you'll really appreciate this one. 
I love this music. Very peaceful. Zen-like. You just need a stream in the background. So this is Joe Burrow walking into Paycor Stadium yesterday through, or uh, two days ago through security. And uh, I'll just, just play the clip. It's Joe walking in. There's Chris Collinsworth. Yep. Wait. Give him a tap. Yep. Look yep. the wrong way. There you go. Imagine being so cool you don't even look back to acknowledge the joke. He didn't, Joe doesn't even look back nope. here. He and just, I don't think Collinsworth has any idea who it is just from behind like that. No, he just keeps walking. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Joe Cool. Those are two big leaguers right there. Burrow and Collinsworth. Oh, yeah. Two big leaguers, for sure. Um, okay, that's going to do it today. Again, a reminder. First of all, we thank you for being with us today. Tomorrow, we have Marty Brenneman on early. That'll be a little after 10. And then at 10.45 is the plan. We're going to have uh, Bengals, one of the first Ring of Honor inductees, right? Was in the very first class. The great Ken Anderson should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to him about his career. I already started doing a little research on that, and um, I didn't know this. His father was a janitor at his high school in Batavia, Illinois. Father was a school janitor. Uh, his backyard connected with Dan Issel's house. Now, many who follow UK know Dan Issel, one of the top 50 players in the history of the NBA. Unbelievable player, Hall of Famer. That, they, they shared backyards, butted up to one another. Craig Sager, right? Longtime uh, sideline reporter in the NBA, passed a number of years ago. Did you I, know Craig? Uh, met him a number of times. Okay. Um, he lived down the street. All these guys were buddies growing up in tiny little Batavia, Illinois. So we're going to talk to Kenny about, you know, what that was like, because uh, he stayed in contact with all of them through the years. Um, we're going to talk about, obviously, his career with the Bengals and coming out of tiny little Augustana. Uh, and then we're going to talk to him about the Hall of Fame. Why does he think he's not in the Hall of Fame? Does it bother him? Does it consume him? And then we're going to talk to him about the current state of the Bengals, because he follows them. If you notice on Twitter, Kenny Anderson is out there following this team and his thoughts on Joe Burrow and their chances this weekend in Buffalo. So that's tomorrow. But for right now, we say thanks for watching and look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.